0: Okay, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. Today, we are joined by Sister Sharky David and also Keisha Brown. And they have been colored with countless shared experiences and exciting adventures, which I'm sure we're going to learn all about. They have hosted over 44 COVID-conscious events, including in-person, virtual, and or hybrid events. And they've also connected with 35 local businesses and entrepreneurs and 12 national companies and served over 850 national and international guests and participants in their events. Their love of learning with and from amazing people, passion for culture and the arts, and experience hosting events that uplift and inspire brought them together to create Connect. So the Connect Collab is a networking and consulting group focused on creating strong vibrant communities and curating genuine meaningful connections that drive and sustain business building activity. So I'm super excited to have y'all. Um thank y'all for joining us. Just to start off, how are y'all feeling today?
1: I'm feeling good. This is it feels like I'm ready. I'm ready to just bring my full self and reflect. I'm really excited about checking in with two other women co-founders. I feel like I'm I'm staring at a reflection of of me and Keisha and it feels good to just I think have a candid conversation. I'm excited about this.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling good too. Forgive me. I will be sipping my tea during our conversation. That is a part of my self-care routine and ritual. <laughs> um, it's cinnamon apple. I wish you could smell it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I just feel grateful to be having these conversations. It's, it's bringing me back to our virtual event that we posted in the past, Reset and Reconnect, where we were centering wellness and self-care and just the power of Black women. So I'm getting good feels just returning to that space.
0: Yes. Well, welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. As you all already know, I'm Keisha Milana. And I am Nikia Smith. And we are going to talk about, you know, self-care and your routine. So just to kick it off, can you tell me a little bit about how you guys got started with the Connect collab? and how that even relates into self-care for you all.
1: Well, back in December 2019, actually, it was about I would say we started having conversations fall of, of December 19, Partner with a just a I call her a girlfriend. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. A girlfriend that I met in Massachusetts who I received a grant and Keisha and I we're two time classmates. We started at Georgetown and we have our second both have our second master's from Harvard. And we live about six minutes apart from each other and realized that we were in a space where there was we felt a lot of disconnect in a city that we were so used to feeling like we can go to lectures, we had professors, we had professional friends, we had colleagues. It didn't even have to be friends. You could just have people that you synergize around a topic with coming from from both Georgetown and Hugsy and transitioning back into Keisha's hometown. And it was my third time living there. My, my husband is also from the same place that Keisha and my husband live like six minutes apart from each other. anyway. any rate, but we thought that here we are always going to events and other spaces. Why not bring the type of networks, the type of events, the type of lectures, the type of things that we would find stimulating that mix our scholarship, our vibes the things that make us smile, like where we were in our what, early thirties at the time. I mean, we, this is only two years old, but we were still in a space where we were like, let's bring the events to us. And it, it started pretty organically. Our first event was coffee and crepes and Keisha and I don't even drink coffee. We were just like, we're hot cocoa and tea drinkers, but we like the alliteration. You'll see that connect is really big on alliteration. <laughs> we like things to rhyme and match and make it feel good. But we started an event in my house. We had two people who came to, to my house, um, <laughs> And then um, the next event, we did a Black Friday event, which was a kickback and networking event to help people get connected. And there were like 11 people who came in for our first hard launch. We had we actually had a, a co-founder, a sponsor who gave us a space and there were 45 paying customers who came to. That was our third event. And it was just overwhelming. The response like we started with two 11 and 45, but it really started out of us just saying, hey, I'm sure the disconnect we feel in our city. Other people feel it, too. Let's see how true this is. And we began testing it and. It was instantly, I don't want to say instantly successful, but we saw that there was a real need that we were meeting. So we kept going.
2: People responded kind of viscerally to it right away. That let us know there was something powerful there. I think when Sharkey was saying, you know, we were designing something that we needed, I in particular needed it. I had actually just quit my job in 2019 the end of the summer. So in that fall season, I was in transition and looking to quitting without having my next, right? Intentionally for self-preservation and trying to figure out what was my next phase in my professional walk. And Sharky is the one who really challenged me and continues to challenge me to see the value that I was pouring into other ecosystems. I could use that and monetize that as well. And we have this beautiful sistership where you know, it just happened that in our individual lives and professional journeys, we've developed these complementary skill sets. Mm-hmm. Both Sharkey and I are trained counselors. Uh, both have come from the space of education and community organizing and really serving and giving in that way and, and honoring people and finding ways to connect people. So it was experimentation at first. That's a, a word Sharkey coined. It's a combination of exploring and experimenting. It was experimentation with what does it look like for us to mash up all of those complementary skill sets, but with a vibe, right? Like bring all of the fun and the juice and the energy that we just naturally exude and create that
0: for other people because that's what we wanted to see for ourselves. Wow, I love that, and I think it's good too that you guys have event business where you can do hybrid as well as in-person events because with COVID, of course, a lot of people might not be going as often to in-person things but you can still create that vibe virtually. So for you, how has COVID caused you to slow down or maybe even kick things
1: up a notch in your business or your personal lives? That's a really good question because it was after the event that I told you we had we had a, a really great turnout, like shocking to us. Keisha had to go get more food. We were we were <laughs> the things. We did not anticipate it. We were just like, oh, it's going to be a gradual um, event. That was actually in February of 2022. No, it's 2020. I'm sorry, 2020, sorry. And that's when everything shut down. We were right. like for our next event. A woman said, This is by far one of our the next feature. We have spotlights for each event we do where we highlight a local business or entrepreneur that's really doing something novel or amazing. And she was geared up and ready to go. And she was like, This is this is the this is the best event I've ever seen. And she's from the, that, that community. She was like, this is, this is great. And she was introverted and she appreciated all the tools we had. And COVID came and everything shut down. So Keisha and I took a, a hike. We actually went on a hiking trip about self-care. We went with our partners and we hiked. To the bush. This was at the peak of... of George Floyd, international protest. It was a lot of tension. We were really like, what are we about to do? Because we know we had something. We could not come down off of that high. We were like, oh my God, people love our model. This is crazy. Um, So I think it it was a matter of saying like, we found our work to be essential. As counselors, as as educators, I was actually in a HR role. I transitioned out of education K through 12 into HR roles, corporations. And I found that I didn't stop working. So I was like, this is essential work. And I thought about how networking, we were always bringing people together entrepreneurs. Actually, my husband's an entrepreneur. So it's just a whole house of people who create business. Keisha just launched into her entrepreneurial journey. And it was like, this is essential work. Our businesses can't fall under because of COVID. So we started dreaming up like virtual events, like in the until we could do in-person events, returning from my house. Again, I have a backyard. I have like, this was, this was us just saying, this is essential work and start viewing our work as critical and saying, we got to, we got to mask up and relaunch. And we started thinking about all these safety precautions we would need to actually get people in my backyard networking and buzzing and exchanging safely. And the risk you have to take in this entrepreneurial journey. We were we we just we went forward. I think June was our first event. Am I mistaken, Keisha, June or July? I
2: think, yeah, I think late summer. So we we started with purely virtual event responding to what was immediately needed. And that was the reset and reconnect, centering Black women. How do you protect your peace? This is literally the topic of it. While you're trying to process anti-Black racism, right? And then after our excursion into the bush, as I call it, and Sharky was feeling more emboldened. We also transitioned into an in-person space, but applying our knowledge of people, right? Like how do you create a space that allows people who are in very different levels of comfort with COVID inch back out? So without realizing it, COVID actually helped us name our differentiators, it wasn't just a networking mixer. We were really plugged into the people science of connection. And since from the beginning, we were trying to reduce barriers for connection, physical, social, all of them. We were thinking more so around being able to bring your authentic self. What did it mean to be inclusive? What did it mean to honor different personality types, whether you're introverted or extroverted? But then with COVID, we had to also just think about just your individuality, your comfort stepping in. Into this COVIDness of things, so we have wristbands that we have people select to show how comfortable they are with physical distance and proximity when they come to a networking event. So they don't have to say awkwardly, "I actually really don't want to give you a handshake. I don't, don't want to give you a high five. I don't have to do this awkward dance." You just see it right here, and it's understood. Setting new norms and cultures around how people connect. So I, I kind of, I guess, we have to thank COVID for pushing us to to just really see the scope of our value in a way I don't think we would have had we just started off with that high, okay, we have a networking mixer that people vibe with and we liked, and we would have just repeated the model. That's what would have made sense, right? And instead we came out with constant iterations and variations it was exhausting because it felt like every time you we were doing something, it was a new version and you had to go back to the drawing board and rethink it. But it started to have us hone in on the essence of what connected. So that part stayed stable. But the accoutrements, they can change. So I just feel grateful for the, the insight we've had literally growing through COVID.
1: I would also like to offer that we became a COVID conscious event brand it like we stumbled into that my background in hr having the confidence and one of my roles i was helping a company transition off campus and back onto campus and actually for a in person of uh, production it was a a theater production and i was like if i could do this if this is essential work for a ballet production black people predominantly people of color. Those are the communities that we work with. Us coming together is essential. If you were sitting on an idea and Keisha, you couldn't get to your your business partner or you couldn't get that that idea out in the world, it dies. And when our ideas die, it takes so much to, a lot of us are bootstrapping. A lot of us are are pushing ourselves, going against what our parents want us to do. You should be working a nine to five. Why are you doing this thing that's not profitable just yet? So if we if our ideas died in COVID, I felt like it would be a tremendous setback to the people who worked up the nerve to finally walk away from roles that undervalued them or overused them and... It's like like it pushed me to just be like, oh, the time is now. The world like people are protesting. Let's figure out like let's let's be in tune. Like I feel like Keisha and I our ear was to the ground. What what do people need? Like you need a break if you're cooped up in the house, come out. Like it's fresh air. We don't have to be in each other's face. Like we we'll, we went as far as creating pods to put on the ground so people knew where 6 feet was apart from each other as they networked wow, the in their face. Yeah. So it's like this is a this is a 6-foot checker. Like we were like, people need to get out the house. We also had that vibe too. Like we knew that, like people need to get out. They need fresh air. They need vitamin D. People have vitamin D deficiency. We are children of the sun. <laughs> like the sun will change your whole mood. We need to be out and about. So, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a very interesting journey, a lot of challenges, but I find that all of our events are, are very, very, very beautiful in honoring just this human, human aspect of connectivity
2: Sharkey had this beautiful phrase, the need to protect the Black imagination. And I find myself repeating that often. Um, And when we talk about this being essential, what it means for in our community, you not to push forward with something you're germinating. And especially with everything that came out of protests in 2020, like that is essential to do work to protect the Black imagination because it literally transforms our communities and our families. I love everything you just said right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as a creative, I just want to ask, how important it is, like, when you do come against like a something like COVID, to pivot and not become stagnant. Protecting the Black imagination <laughs> and actually a part of this self care conversation, it is really hard to be a creative and feel mm-hmm. like you're coming up with something that's offering value, but okay. innovative and different all the time. And I'm going into a space of comfortably calling myself a creative because that's not where I began in my professional walk. I'm like, am a creative? <laughs> Even though I've been tapping into creative energies in all of the work I've done in education previously, right? Like, that is the most innovative space I, I can think of, like, out of necessity. You just have to be innovative in K to 12 to survive and be it, right? You are innately entrepreneurial in those spaces. Moving to this realm of, monetizing creativity, I find that you actually do need to protect your peace and honor your self-care and tap into your whimsy and refuel because that's what's gonna give you that foundation to come up with novel ideas. Like you have to be living, you have to be energized, you have to be connecting and I believe most of the things we've come up with, like Sharky said, have been responsive to what we see a need is. Mm-hmm. And because the two of us are so naturally giving in that way of like, oh my God, I see a need. Like, I want to fill the void. We both have that knee jerk reaction. You have to immerse yourself in that, right? Like and so it's it's been easier, I think, than one might think because we've been in a space to allow ourselves to be our full selves, you know. Mm-hmm. That hiking trip, that was for us. We kind of made it a mashup of taking care of ourselves and connect as well, too. You know, Sharky loves to take photos and dress up. So we had to have a fit together when we went hiking with (laughs) colors. We call it gliking, glam (laughs) hiking. It, It had to look cute, too. And it was still a great time. We were legit hiking. You know, it was absolutely critical. But it served a whimsical need as well, too, Mm -hmm. to refuel our spirits, right? And then in doing that, Shaki was like, I don't know, at some point with our brand, I want us to have a retreat-like experience. I want us to do something where we're bringing people out into nature and to walk, right? So Mm -hmm. we were responding to our personal needs Mm -hmm. for self-care. We were allowing ourselves to be playful and whimsical while Mm -hmm. we did it. And in embracing that creativity game. And that might be something that we
1: create, you know, a new product
2: for, for Connect.
1: I love your response, Keisha. It's actually making me think of how I, I have a, a belief that you can't run out of creativity. The more you use it, the more you have. And pivoting with my co-founder, like Keisha Keisha, I like to call our friendship a sistership. I met her at 18, right? And it's not like those some of those times I wasn't talking on the phone every day, but we also were a part of a, a dance company, a pre-professional dance company called Black Movement Dance Theater. And I remember when Keisha studied abroad, and Keisha's very connected to the continent. She's lived there, she studied there, she's built schools there. She's she's very a child of the diaspora. But she um she transitioned one semester under in undergrad to study abroad. And um, I forget where she was, but I got to, I was an understudy of one of her roles, and I thought about how, like, I looked up, Keisha was only one year older than me, but I looked up to her so much. And for her to be my my co-founder in this journey, I felt like there was nothing I could bring to Keisha to be like, oh, let's do this. We always had a goal of doing one networking event a month. And COVID shutting down everything allowed us to say, okay, we're starting with crepes and coffee." Let's go back to this other, the, the networking event that kind of captures everything. We always thought that we would start in a place that was natural to us. Even in this podcasting space, we were like, we're going to start with what feels right to us, not anything that feels like it was overkill or undone. We, we naturally respond to people's needs. So that's where we're going to start. But I thought it was like having a, a sister I think on this journey, it wasn't, I'm not a solo founder and, and Keisha has her own company and she does a, a, an amazing job of creating content and, and PDs. But I think it was like, I know we, we, we agreed that we would pull off one event a month and this COVID challenge, uh, this COVID virus has presented challenges. So we've been reworking Connect in so many ways and it's it's actually amazing to have a, a thought partner, someone who's vested, who, who's very much interested in the growth of, of, of what these events can do and how they serve the people. And we always thrive from the feedback we get when people are like, oh my gosh, this is one of a kind. You guys were were so thoughtful for no reason. Like I've never been to anything like this. Like very rare are people like, meh, your event was okay. It's like, like the level of detail that we have sometimes. And I know because we have this culture and you guys are in Atlanta, the the baby showers, birthday parties, and like all the details that go into those type of events we really turn to like, what does a networking event look like? Then I call myself a first generation networker. I come from working class parents who did not, I remember my mom working three jobs, but she never, she couldn't teach me how to work a room. So how do you close deals? How do you explore talents? How do you offer, how do you speak about yourself and play up yourself in in a a role without sounding obnoxious or crazy? Like here's my value, what type of skills do you have? Can we exchange? Is there any synergies here? I didn't learn the term. We had to figure out and our, our model actually teaches people how to say, we're not crabs in a barrel. We're not beating each other up. We believe there's room for everybody at the top. What skills that do you have? Maybe we can collaborate now or in the future. Like we give you the tools to have these conversations. We'll make the introductions for you if you need to. We'll highlight business. We'll help you launch your business if this is the first time you're sharing it with other people. Like our first our first event, we found Keisha found them just by reading a newspaper article about. a a black owned investment club for a black owned investment club. It was a co-founder in in the local community who was really interested in helping people, not just save but invest. And they were like five years younger than us. We were like, what is this? Can you speak at our event? And they agreed to, and that was actually our first event. It's just like, we're always like, there's, there's so much talent here and our, our goal is to tap into like, Talent that's usually overlooked or ignored or you can't play it up because your sister's mad. Or in in our community, sometimes you can't really celebrate your wins with people because somebody's going to feel some type of way. But in our space, everybody wins. Everybody's great. And we want you to meet our great friends. So Mm -hmm. it is it is great to pivot and change.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. Make sure you all go follow us on social medias at 21 Minutes or Less. And then y'all can go follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Milana.
2: And mine is at Miss Butterfly21, M-I-S-S.
0: And we'll see y'all on the next episode.